My father dropped from his horse almost before the animal had stopped moving and strode, oblivious, through six layers of ceremonial perception to take my mother in his arms. I stared, remembering his words after we'd escaped Hanactos. As I watched him lift her off the ground, watched her wrap her arms around him and lay her head on his shoulder, it was apparent that I had misunderstood what he meant when he said that only I was important. Queen's Thief is about love! Hello, women of iron and cheering citizenry. I'm Noelle. And I'm Caitlin. And this is the Atolian Archives, your Queen's Thief reread podcast to help you recover from Return of the Thief. It's February 7th, 2021. We've made it to chapter 20 of Conspiracy of Kings. We're almost done with this book. That feels so weird. Sophos is sort of doing a victory lap in this chapter. And we see uh, the end of the battle. Sophos says that um, he thinks he only really won because the Medes underestimated him, which is, seems to be a theme with mm-hmm. the Medes that they're not learning from. And also, if the weather hadn't been calm, they couldn't have done it and would have been sitting offshore as we died. That's about the the Aetolian soldiers coming to the rescue. If the weather hadn't been calm it's a that's a bit of luck a bit of an act of god one might say <laughs> also uh part of it is thanks to the magus's work with the townspeople the townspeople knew not to let the soldiers into the town and so that's more like building relationships is really important and the actions of ordinary people are really important and i like that uh Selfos mentions that even after, you know, the townspeople, like, shot fire from the walls or whatever for the Medes to help out, but also wouldn't let Sophos in to sleep. Mm-hmm. Which is good, like, sure, we're going to help our king and fight for the king, but we're also, like, going to protect our own and we're not <laughs> going <laughs> to let any soldiers in here. Don't care who's. And later when he, he gets back to the city of Sunis and the citizens are cheering and they're throwing flowers at him and he's thinking about how he could have put any young man in his army on that horse and they would have thrown flowers at that guy because it's um it was not me they cared about only what I meant to them a cessation of hostilities food on the table and he refers to that as disconcerting mm-hmm. but that's just kind of how it's how it works for the other people like who they don't care who's in charge as long as that person does a good job they couldn't care less and so he has to be looking out for for more than just himself and his own family and his own happiness because he's responsible for for food on the table for all of these people who he will never meet and who will never meet him and like the the him as an individual uh doesn't matter and shouldn't matter. I think that's like, it's a humbling realization for him. Um, he mentions that Hanaktia, Hanaktos' wife, is the one who rode to her husband's soldiers and rallied them to fight for him instead of against him. She was a woman of uh, iron. Yeah. And he says, um, an unfortunate result of this is a uh, burnishing of our reputation as two-faced dealmakers. And he makes this deal with her he promises that her children won't lose the Hanactos estate as long as she helps him and flips over to his side. 
And he also assigns his mother's brother as Barone's guardian and says that it didn't please her mother with no concern of mine. So Sophos is, uh, he's, he's starting not to care so much about what other people think and be confident in his own decisions. It's his decision to make. Yeah. And that reminds me of something, um, oh, something I realized I forgot to bring up last episode, but it was, I'm going to find it real quick because it's right here. When a baron is talking back to him, he says, shut up. I told him, and he stared at me open mouthed. I stared back, not the boy he'd condescended to, not my uncle's inept heir, I, the king of Sunus. He's getting it now. <sighs> I have questions for you about Nominus. Nominus. I wanted to ask you, just in general, looking at the role he has in this book, and then later on in Return of the Thief, what are we meant to take from this as a whole? something something mercy something something loyalty you know i feel like we're supposed to put this together with everything else that's been in the book about you know like loyalty to one's baron versus i really do just work here mm -hmm. you know he had all that in the in the field worker's house about like you belong to your baron and they were like well you're saying that about us but what about you and how the mephians fought for their baron against the king but they were still slaughtered and he said if he thought the Mephians had turned against their baron and fought for the king, no fewer Mephians would have died. So, like, Nominus says, You are king. What I did doesn't matter very much now, does it? And what else could I do but be loyal to my lord? Is it my business who my lord is loyal to? And Sophos asks, Do you believe that? And he says, No. I wanted to be on the winning side, and I thought I was. That's interesting when you think back to his conversation with the slaves at Hanactos, and how back then Sophos was assuming, of course, you'll be loyal to your lord, to your baron. Of course, you don't have any of your own agency. And now, Nomenis is claiming, I didn't have any of my own agency. I had to be loyal to this guy. And Sophos is saying, I don't think that's true. And so is Nominus saying, I don't think that's true. Yeah. They're they're both admitting saying actually we do we do have agency. It is about individual choices. Yeah. That's a fiction that people play into, but now that we're here and we're in this honest place, which like I think in these books, prison cells are like places of honesty because they're always mm -hmm. people at their lowest point and it's always like a private space. And uh, so like now that we're here and all of the theater has been stripped away, we can talk honestly about this. And in this, uh, in this exchange, Nomenis is also referred to as an actor. Yeah, either a, fun either a flawed but fundamentally decent man or a very convincing actor or possibly both really a sentence that could describe jen he's yes. both so i like the idea i like the idea that the nominous storyline is meant to reinforce the idea of the importance of the individual mm -hmm. you know individual choices actions loyalty all that and then when you look at that paired with him in return of the thief that's really i think it it checks out you know atolia is angry about nominous in the beginning that Sophos 
showed him mercy, and he's rewarded with being asked for even more mercy. Mm-hmm. And she was saying, you know, we're not gods. We can't pick and choose who gets punished and who doesn't get punished. And, you know, we have to be harsh because we're monarchs and we're not doing it for the personal gratification of saving our friends or whatever. You know, she doesn't say it like that. But so she she frames it as a mercy versus not mercy thing. And then when he's in the very end of the book, it's because Nominus is there at the end and shows mercy, I guess you could call it, to Ferris. Mm -hmm. That Ferris doesn't get caught, although it's kind of... I don't know. We can talk about that later, but... I think there's a lot in that, in in all of this, about how Sophos is responsible not only for the people who help him, but for the people who betray him. Like, he couldn't just go tuck Nomenis away. He had to go and see him. Yeah. And I, I feel like a lot of this is in, in contrast with Jen. I mean, I, it makes me think of Jen's pardoning of Relius and how he refers to that as indulging himself. But also how he couldn't watch Relius being tortured. Yeah, whereas Atolia did force herself to watch. Yeah, she considers that her responsibility. So it's like, it's like the, uh... It's like they all think the overarching responsibility of of monarchy is to be cruel and ruthless. And sometimes you get exceptions where you get to, I don't know, where you get to show mercy. Mm-hmm. But those but are only exceptions like and it's an indulgence to yourself. Up. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when you can't. When you can't do your duty of being awful for one more second, <laughs> then maybe you get... <laughs> a break that you shouldn't really be taking. But that's also kind of at odds with what Jen was saying in King of Atolia. Remember when he's talking to Relius about, like, the queen only has two people she loves? It's you and Teleus, and you think that she should have you tortured and killed. You're gonna have a heartless ruler, and then what? Like, she's so strong, but you think that strength has no end, so, like, he's arguing there that we can't be nothing but ruthless and heartless. Yeah. For a personal sake and a political sake. There's there's the paradox of the fact that the the personal has to dissolve or take a back seat to the political, but also the personal is essential. It's necessary. Yeah. You can't you can't make political decisions entirely divorced from emotion. Which we see that gets borne out so intensely in Return of the Thief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Sophos says here that he had come to see Nominus because I thought that out of sight and out of mind might be a dangerous attitude to take. Mm. I wanted to have a very clear idea in my head of where I had put him. As opposed to Jen's banishment of Didi. But I guess uh, Didi's not a, a threat in the way that, that someone like Nomenus is. Jen knew that that really wasn't wasn't super much a punishment. Yeah, like, exactly. Going going to Feria as a music master was like Didi's wildest dream. <laughs> <laughs> Don't threaten me with a good time. It's kind of interesting the implication that out of sight, out of mind is maybe also the typical thing for a monarch to do. Because if you if you do look at the horror of what you're doing to other people, like maybe not so much in this case, but in general, you would have a harder time doing it. Which is why 
Atolia attending all her own executions and tortures and whatever is such a big, such a big thing, I guess. And we get so much in Return of the Thief about the consequences of these decisions and like yeah. the, the ultimate result of both the positive relationships that these people develop and also the, the, the negative ones or the more fraught ones. And Nomenis says, don't forget me. Uh, which, is he talking to Sophos? Is he talking to the gods? Is he talking to the reader, you know? Because he will come back. I always kind of wondered, was Sophos assuming... I mean, Sophos assumes... He says, he had been praying to the gods, I think, when he whispered, don't forget me. And I had always kind of wondered, like, is that just Sophos kind of being naive about the amount of royal power he actually has? That he just assumes... Nominus is praying to someone even more powerful than him, but no, Nominus doesn't need someone more powerful than Sophos to give him clemency. He just needs Sophos to give him clemency. Yeah. And to not forget him. And it's interesting that Sophos promises here in this scene already that it's not forever. Mm -hmm. So he's already planning some sort of clemency at some point. And Sophos rushes to Edis leaving everyone else to travel at the speed of armies and gastropods. And he finally sees his mother and his sisters again. At long <sighs> last. A good scene. It'd be nice to get a short story about his mother and sisters, which is, uh, Megan Mellon Turner said offhandedly in an interview recently that if she ever were to write more, you know, for example, about his mother and sisters <laughs> or something else, I was like, ooh. <laughs> I would love that. Give us more about everyone's sisters, please. <laughs> An all-sister sequel. And his mother is also important at the end of the chapter. Hearing him out, giving you advice. Yeah. And it's interesting when they're comparing notes and talking about the escape from Bermudius. Sophos says, like, she looked just as calm and peaceful as ever. She doesn't even look strong-minded, but... He didn't doubt that she had done just as Sinna had said and run a sharpened stake down the mouth of one of Bermudius's hounds. Whoa. Which is... I feel like there's more to be said about that. There's such a... These books have such a romantic undercurrent. You know, Sophos's father is a difficult person and he and Sophos have a difficult relationship. But Sophos's father loves his mother. Yeah. And it shows up everywhere the benefits of Sophos having that love modeled for him. Yeah. We see that in the next chapter, too. Sophos is afraid to see Edis again because I cost the lives of her soldiers and Atolia's as well as my own, and my hands are covered in blood. What if Edis thinks there was a better way? He, like, in the eyes of the world, he has succeeded here, but, like, he worries that in a private, moral judgment he has failed and that Edis is the person to make that call and he thinks if anybody could have thought of a better solution it would have been her even though he knows that she was one of the ones picking out the troop numbers yeah you know it's not like she didn't know what the plan was but that fear of judgment does make sense mm -hmm. and I mean he's he's projecting about what he thinks he deserves mm-hmm 
and his mother says you can't hide from someone in her own palace which uh somebody should have told jen that <laughs> in queen of atelia and sophos is haunting the the archive room that jen had for his room makes me feel things <laughs> <laughs> he'll never live there again it's a very nice series of art on tumblr of imagining what Jonah and Irene's life would be like if she had just moved into his library. Have you seen that? <laughs> it's great. It's beautiful. I love it. They're just the weird people who live in the attic. <laughs> I've never read a Queen's Thief modern AU fanfiction, but I think that if you write one, everybody's name should be the same, except Eugenie's should be Eugene, with no comment on it whatsoever. His last name can be Eugenides, like Jeffrey Eugenides. His name is Eugene Eugenides. <laughs> That's how it is in my head. In my little <laughs> imaginary scenario. Ah, uh, you've never read any, though? You've never read the one where Irene is the manager at, like, a restaurant, and Nehuzeresh is the meat empire of burgers trying to take over the little joint and eugenides keeps sneaking in she's like you don't work here no oh my god i love that. oh it's great it's, like it's amazing PA. i'm gonna find it for you <laughs> <laughs> it's so good the only other thing i have to say about modern au jen is that he can't drive and we all know <gasps> it scared of cars too much horsepower <laughs> Chapter 20. Next time, couple spat. Send us your comments, questions, thoughts. Chime in at italianarchives.tumblr.com. Be blessed in your endeavors. production find us on itunes stitcher google podcasts anywhere podcasts are available Nice, nice, nice.